Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey friends, I am here today with another great interview. I have Stacey Izetta here with me today, and we are going to talk all about money mindset, strategies, as well as systems, and how we can ensure that our business is set up for financial success, but we also are paying ourselves and taking some money home to our families as well. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. I know even for myself, I've had some money mindset blocks over the years, and sometimes those can really hold us back. Even if the clients are flooding in, no matter what's happening in our business, those mindset blocks around money can affect us. So I am very excited to learn from Stacy, and I hope you guys will enjoy this episode as much as I'm going to enjoy the conversation. So without further ado, Stacy, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you, Robin. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, I am excited to learn all of this information from you. I am not a numbers person. So you tell me to get QuickBooks or you tell me to do the profit and loss statement, and I just cringe when those monthly sales tax, you know, things come due. I'm just like, oh, I have to do this. I hate it. So (laughs) even myself who loves numbers, I cringe when everything's due too, because it's just a stressful situation. You want to make sure that you get it all right and that you don't do anything wrong. And so I don't think that matters, right? We all have that fear of numbers and what those numbers do. And what I like to share is that stories are told through numbers inside your business. And so I would just love to help people understand and be more confident in their numbers so they can understand the story that their business is telling them and be more successful inside of that. Ooh, I love what you just said, that stories are told through numbers in your business. And they really are. Yeah. I'd never thought of it that way. Numbers are just another language. It's the universal language we all speak but it could be really intimidating. So I totally get that number stress, probably 99% of us in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Stacey, tell the listeners a little bit about you. You have had an interesting journey and you've done what I think a lot of women have done as far as had a successful career, stayed at home to raise your babies, and then As they got older, you and your husband created another business, and then now you're looking for something for yourself again because they're grown and they don't need you as much. But yet, as women, we still need to be needed to be able to empower others, to be able to help others and serve others. And so that's what you're searching for now with this new business. So tell us a little bit about your journey. 
Yeah, my first phase started when I left corporate as a financial analyst and wanted to come home and be with my two children at the time, both under the age of 13 months. So a lot going on there. And my husband and I both have entrepreneurial spirits. We started a technology construction company. And for the last 18, 20 years, we have been growing that company as well as our family of three children, all about to turn into you know, 2019 and 15, they're all getting very independent. And for so many years, my husband and I balanced both being parents and being business leaders, doing the soccer coach thing, basketball coach thing, being everywhere we can with them and grow a business. There have been lots of up and downs as we all experience in growing our own businesses. You start out really in rocky situations for about the first five years, six years, we found ourselves in 2008 in tremendous upheaval. The economy crashed, housing market crashed. We found ourselves with two homes, a million dollars in debts, the line of credit on our business being called and the IRS knocking on our door for an audit. So it was overwhelming. And at the time I'm like, crap, let's get ourselves out of this. I put systems in place. I created new strategies that helped us grow and For the last five years, we're debt-free, we're self-funded in our business, we're a $5 million company. And now that we're coming into this slump in the economy with the COVID, you know, we have been fine. In fact, we've not hurt at all, even though there's no new income coming in because of the strategies that I put in place years ago. And I walk a different walk than a lot of people are. And I have a little bit more confidence and I want to share that with people, not to tell my story, but to help them get to that same place. So teach them the strategies and systems that they can implement in their small businesses so that they are successful in the long run. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So let's dive in. So when you were in that place of, oh crap, we've got to fix this. Like, did you have mindset blocks around money? Were you like, tell me what was happening mentally and how you overcame any of those mindset challenges? Yeah, I think the first one, and so many people fall in this, that I thought borrowing money was okay. Like leveraging our, leveraging our family into owning two homes that we barely could afford the monthly payment for, having to have all of the things And growing a business so fast without a strong foundation really hurt us in the the short term. So once that happened, I just wanted to hold on to every dollar that I had. And I was very stingy and, and was just overwhelmed with the idea that I would lose all the money if I let go of that grip. The reality is you need to allow money to flow freely through you become debt-free so that you're not owing anybody else. You don't owe your family member. You don't owe the government. You don't owe for your car, your home. I mean, those are big goals and it takes a long time to get there. But, and then once you know that money is freely flowing throughout your universe and you do the right things and are responsible for them, you get more and you become more and more responsible for them. So having this mindset that the universe money is going to come in and it's going to go out and it's all going to be okay. And just being at peace with it and not allowing it to control you, I think has been the biggest lesson that I learned through that time period in my life. 
Well, it's just like everything else, right? At the end of the day, there's so many things we don't have control over. So the more we try to control things, the less control we end up having. So I like that as a way to approach it, to just let it flow in and out. That's what it's meant to do. And the more we have, the more we can share or give or support others with too. I also like to think of it that way. Absolutely. That's my number one goal is to be able to be that catalyst that I'm able to give most of my money away in the end, that I'm able to help other people when they're having a hard time or fund charities or give money for research, education, supporting children in the arts. These are the goals that our families has um, as we've walked through with our own children and seeing how many children need to have these experiences. We have a foundation that we're building, and that's the goal, is to have this money continuously perpetuate education and the arts and opportunities for children as they grow older. And that's our own personal goal, but money just needs to flow. It just needs to come in and out of your lives, and you just be thankful for the blessings and bless others. I love that. Yeah, that's how we live too. And I think it's really important because if you do try to hold on to it and hoard it and you're selfish about it you're going to end up feeling miserable anyway. And I don't think you ever have a positive relationship with it when you do that. No. I mean, you don't want to end up spending it all and not being responsible either. I mean, you have to be responsible, but I think it's like you said, let it come in and then let it flow out in a responsible way. Be responsible, be content with what you have, share the gifts that you're given. And I think those are the values that are, grow inside of you and you become a happier person and you find the value in that versus just the things that you have in your living room or the car that you drive or whatever the thing is at the moment. Yeah. Well, I just did an episode with Katie Rowley and Dale Volpe of Fox Holt and they're in the sustainability business. And we talked a lot about this, you know, like just be mindful of what you're purchasing? And does it have longevity for you? Or is it something that in a year you could be like, why did I buy that? And then what are you doing? You're just giving it away or throwing it away. And we're just creating a bigger mess for the environment. So, okay. I love all of that. So let's talk about these strategies. How did you go from a million dollars in debt to being in a place where, you know, money is flowing freely in and out and you're comfortable and you're confident? Well, I think for most people, they want to start with a budget. And I don't call our budgets budgets. I call them spending plans. So giving my money permission to take care of the things that I need to take care of. Being, again, conservative, what do I really need in the moment? If I have a lot of debt to take care of, I'm not going to go out and give myself permission to eat out four times a week. You know, I'm going to learn how to plan for my meals. I'm going to be conscious about the money I'm spending on clothing and extra projects or things to that effect. And that's a short-term mindset. Like just put as much money as you can towards those debts, get them out of your way. You can use, there's so many different methods of doing that with the snowball effect. Dave Ramsey is a fantastic mentor in learning his systems. The same concept goes inside your business too. Like if you can start your business without taking a loan or using credit cards as a crutch. I mean, start your business slow and be mindful about how you're going to move forward, what things you're going to invest in. Always invest in things that are going to give you a really strong return on your money and effort. So 
that was the first thing I did. I tried to get us out of debt a hundred percent. And when you become more focused and you put systems in place and become more efficient, your profitability in your business skyrockets. And so when you realize that the revenue coming in is growing, but you've limited your expenses, you that net income portion can then pay off so much more. So for us, we took home very large paychecks once this started to accumulate and paid off all of our debt at home. Your business should be funding the values and the needs of your family. So keep your business structure and systems tight so you're growing in your business, but your expenses are low so that you can bring as much home to your family for your family's needs and dreams as much as possible. That was the first thing that we did. I love that. The other thing is to scale as much as you can inside your business. So once you have a steady income coming in and you're paying yourself enough to cover your expenses and needs at home, bring in team members to help you scale. You don't have to do all the things that you're not good at. You need to really focus on the things that you're the genius of. So for our company, my husband is great at the customer service piece and I'm great at the administrative side of the business. So we gave ourselves our own jobs and brought people in to do things that we don't enjoy or are not very good at. So that helped us scale our business tremendously. So for your new small business, when you get to the point where you're bringing in revenue, bring in somebody to help you do the things that you're not great at. It could even just be as easy as hire a babysitter to come take care of your children for three hours a day after school so that you can dedicate that time to your business for its growth. That was a huge investment that I made while the kids were little that helped tremendously. Another thing would be to automate. You want to take your emotions and your physical triggers away from processing your money. So if you work nine to five, make sure that you're getting that 401k or that health savings plan automatically taken out of your bank account or your paycheck. So it never hits home. So you don't ever miss that money or worry about it because you're paying yourself You're paying for your retirement. You're paying for your medical expenses. Let your company automate that for you. But once that money does hit your bank account, automate everything else. Automate that college savings that you have for your children. Automate the bill pays so that your money is coming out of your bank account and paying for those bills right off the bat. And then you understand like, what do you really have for that fund money and, you know, create a spending plan around that fund money. I don't know. I just think that there is so many things and methods that you can use that work for you. You got to find what works for you, but have a end vision in mind. I love all this. So it's kind of like working backwards. So you know you have XYZ in debt, and then you know that you're going to bring in so much money. So just create that plan from where you're, you know, work backwards. Here's what we want to end up with, and here's where we are right now, and then figure out how much you have to put away each month or pay off each month to get to your goals. So I love that. And I love that you said to automate because there's so many times where, and I think with money mindset, I've heard so many people say this, you know, where they get so much anxiety around it. And if you automate it and everything, you just make sure that balance is there so that it can be automated and taken out without getting that bounce check and having to pay additional fees. But if you automate it, it takes away that anxiety too. 
Yeah, absolutely. So a method you could put in place is, okay, let's say you got paid every Friday, but every other Friday, you set up bill payments in your bank system. This can be in your business or at home that all, you know, the bills for the next two weeks coming up get paid on that Friday. So two Fridays a month is when money goes out. So what happens? Well, you just go and make sure that on Thursday night or Wednesday night, you have enough money to cover all of those bills coming out. If you don't, then, you know, we really have to have a conversation about planning ahead and maybe your spending is wild during the week for whatever reason. The the one key thing too that I didn't talk about was you need to have an emergency fund. So you wouldn't have those, oh crap situations where um, you don't have enough money in your bank account. You have to have an emergency fund. If you're too income family, you should have at least a three-month emergency fund. If you are a single income family or single all on your own and you don't have any sort of passive income situation, you should have six months of emergency fund. And that's for your housing, your utilities, and for food. So you don't have to worry about, like, we're going to just be conservative about purchasing clothes and all the extra stuff until you have that six months or three months emergency. And then you can get to start having more fun with your spending plan. Yeah, that's something that I don't know who, but someone told my husband and I that when we first got married all those years ago. And so we've always done that. And it does give you peace of mind. So much peace of mind. I mean, once I was able to have that emergency fund in place and then really dig into my debt and make some moves, I walk differently. I showed up in relationships differently. I was a better parent. My shoulders didn't hurt all the time. My gut didn't hurt all the time. I looked healthier. You know, so many things you don't realize you're holding in. And again, talking about that, holding on to that money, holding on to that control. We don't have to do that. We can begin to set things in place, automate things, have mindset have strategy. And when those are working and those foundations are well, and those are working for you, you just show up as a really a whole person. You're just so much happier. And wouldn't it be nice if most of us felt that way, just like so much confidence and happiness and being engaged in your relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs get really hung up on money and charging for things and asking for money for their services. And do you have recommendations for that? Like as you've been working with small business owners, have you experienced that where they have mindset blocks around charging for their products and services? Oh, absolutely. I think we all first one suffer from imposter syndrome. So we don't really feel like we have enough worthiness to charge the things that we do have value to offer. So part of that is a confidence issue, right? We don't understand that we have tremendous value to offer others and they're willing to pay for it. And so what you should be charging is based on your experience. So here I am stepping out this first year in the online space and I'm not charging for anything. I'm just trying to get out there and have experiences, have conversations, show up and help people. Two weeks ago, I started charging, right? Because I've gained the experience. I'm not just talking about the experience in this one year. I'm talking about the experience of 20 years of being an entrepreneur, 20 years of being in business and leadership. 
And I need to start charging for that experience, not the one-year experience. So if you go on my website, you'll see some things that were freebies three months ago are now being charged for. Granted, they're $12. It's not a big expense, but I'm starting to value my own time and effort and my 20 years of experience and stepping out and saying, it's okay for you to pay for my knowledge. Now, if somebody wanted to work with me one-on-one, of course, that is going to be a customized situation. And so I'm going to want to charge for all of that experience that I'm bringing. And a lot of people have been asking me right now, like, well, when do I know when to increase my prices? You should be increasing your prices at every opportunity. Every six months or every year, you should increase your prices three to 5%, maybe even 10%. Or sometimes when you brought in a new product or project, a new course, charge what it's really valued at. And if you're afraid that you won't get clients, you will get clients. It might take a little bit longer, but you'll get the right clients, the ones who value your knowledge and who will be willing to pay for exactly what you're going to provide to them. Oh, I love that. And it's so true. And I think if you're in that mindset thinking that you're not going to get clients, then you're not trying to reach your ideal clients because there are people out there who will definitely hire you because they desperately need your help and your service. So if they're not really ready to invest in themselves to pay that dollar value, make sure you have other offerings that are lower price points. They don't get you the same amount of time. They don't get the breadth of your experience because that is the higher price ticket, but at least it's training them or it's getting them comfortable with investing in themselves and paying for something that they need. And then they learn what you have to offer. And then they're going to want the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. And then they'll slowly grow up your essential ladder of pricing and offerings. And the more you're able to provide them your one-on-one connection is the more expensive offering. Right. Because time is our biggest commodity, right? I mean, that's the one thing that we have we know is limited. We can't make more of it. We can't create more of it. We can't have more of it appear out of nowhere. So we have to be mindful of that. And that in and of itself is value. Absolutely. And to the flip side, like you need to value your own time. So if you're willing to give somebody seven hours a a month of your time, make sure your hourly rate is being covered. Like make sure you can, again, reverse engineer the same situation, how much is my time worth? My hourly rate is this. And we can go into learning about how to calculate your hourly rate, but you know, you can reverse engineer. I want to earn this much an hour and then back into it and see what it takes to get there. But value yourself. You have a lot to offer other people and it's okay to charge for what you need. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Are you ready to start the second phase of your career journey? Do you feel like you are drowning in and overwhelmed with information about becoming an entrepreneur? Do you wish someone could just give you the step-by-step playbook and hold your hand through the whole process and save you time, money, and energy? Are you frustrated with your lack of progress and wish there was an easier way to grow an audience or scale your business? Maybe you already have a business, but you're stuck, not growing, and not getting the clients you dreamed of. In my one-to-one six-month coaching program, we will work together to identify your niche and ideal audience, discover clarity and confidence, differentiate you from all others in your area of expertise, all while working on mindset. 
You'll walk away after six months with a strong foundation for brand and business success. You'll have access to my templates, learn email marketing, Pinterest marketing, how to blog. We'll review your website copy, and you'll even get an intro to SEO and so much more. Don't have a website? Don't worry. Through my boutique brand agency, my team and I build brands and launch businesses. You can think of it as a brand in a box. We do it all for you and with you. No need to get multiple estimates and work with people all over the place. It's one-stop shopping. After six months, you'll be able to launch or relaunch your business with confidence and be on the fast track for success. No more overwhelm, frustration be gone. When you hire me as your business coach, you don't have to build a business alone. You don't have to fail your way forward. No longer do you have to overinvest and settle for minimal results. Let me help and guide you step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create a long-term foundation for success and a thriving, profitable business. And let's have fun while we build it. To apply and connect to see if we're a good fit for each other, visit my website, therobingraham.com forward slash brand and business coach. I look forward to learning more about your goals and dreams and helping you make them a reality. Okay. So what about the systems? Do you have specific systems that you recommend? Um, One thing that I did put into place and as a core system in my BFF blueprint is a banking strategy. So I firmly believe you need to have multiple bank accounts inside of your business. The first being your basic checking account, and that's for the operations of your business. So your income will come into this account and you will pay for operating expenses out of this account. Then the second one is a tax savings account. And it's kind of like every dollar that comes in, 30% of that is going to head over into that savings account. So I'm not in a cash bind ever when it comes time to pay for quarterly taxes or the annual tax. The third account would be a savings account. So I would allocate a special percent. Every time money comes in, I say, okay, 30% of that. That's where I'm at, but it could be as little as 5%. 5% of that money goes to the savings account. And what that savings account is, your emergency fund plus some. So let's say you have a threshold of emergency count of three months. So let's say that's $3,600. Everything after $3,600 can be used to reinvest in the business later on. So if you want to take a course or join a mastermind or go on a retreat, again, all business related you have the savings account. It's in place of a credit card. Like instead of taking on debt, you've self-funded your future investments. The fourth one is a bonus account. So again, money comes in, you've identified that you want to save two or three, five, 20%, whatever your business will allow. You put that into a bonus account and every quarter you take that as a, a draw outside of your paycheck granted. This is a bonus for all of the hard work that you've done inside your business. And then you could bring that into your family and use that for whatever celebration you want to do there. That could be the family vacation. It could be funding date nights with your husband for the next three months. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could be that spa retreat with girlfriends, but that's that's money there that you've put aside. Same concept can be held at your home. You can do the same idea with bank accounts inside your family. We have over 20 bank accounts inside our family with all the kids and the things. Yeah. I thought we had a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, but 
It's also the one change that I made that really has allowed for all the opportunity that we have in our lives right now. I love that. I've always had, well, if anybody came in and looked at my system, which has worked very, very well for many years, but if anybody came in and tried to figure it out, like I've told my husband, if I die, you're going to have a mess because I know everything. (laughs) You need to write it down. It is. It's all written down. He's just got to go through and figure it out. But it's just been kind of a joke because I've done it all, but I have everything like you said, segmented out, but it may not be in different accounts. It may be hidden within accounts. So yeah. yeah. But I mean, to me, that has helped. I mean, it's given a lot more peace of mind and security over the years than if I had just, you know, rolled the dice to see where it was going to go or how are we going to do things, especially with saving for colleges. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, Everybody has different personalities. You and I, I think, are born in the same month. We probably have very similar personalities where we're very strategic and organized. And so what happens with the person who's like, I just live day by day. I don't really live by plan. You can do this. It's very simple. I know that we've just explained a lot of things that seem overwhelming. But if you can even just have two bank accounts, one checking and one savings and you are very adamant about never touching anything in your savings account ever. You just had that one rule in your life until you needed that money. And that's not need that money to buy a car or need that money. You know, I'm talking about the business. Like you just always have that money there for the emergency. If two bank accounts are all that you can deal with, start there, you know, start there. Yeah. And I think it is important, like for the people that do go, oh, well, I just go day by day, or I've never had a spending plan. I remember growing up, my mom always says, well, that's not in the budget. And I hated the term budget. And I really think that from a mindset perspective, that set me up. Like I've never wanted to have a budget for our family, but I like how you call it a spending plan because I would map it out, but I never could call it a budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's also a whole nother thing where you need to like track where you're going. And that's the other key element is, you know, you have this plan and then you need to check to make sure you're on target with that plan. So I teach how to do a bank reconciliation. I know that word is again, another scary word, but it's basically like tic-tacking, making sure that you've got all the checks and balances in place, really doing maybe with your family and inside your business, as well as you do weekly meetings or monthly meetings to make sure that everyone still has the same vision and goal and check your calendar and what activities do we have coming up that we need to pay for, you know, being aware of your environment. Don't just live in the moment as much as that is the goal. Like you do need to have some structure and planning in place so that you can live in the moment, right? Because all those things are taken care of for you. They're automated. You're all journeying on the same path as far as your vision for your family or your vision for your business, the mission, so that you can live in the moment and be present because all that stuff is no longer a worry. Yeah, I love that. This has been so great. Great advice. And I think it's going to help a lot of people with their business finances and really taking, I guess, I don't really want to say organized approach, but the approach to make things simpler, less stressful, and really have more ownership and responsibility with the money without having the additional stress. So this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to share it. Do you have any questions for me? You know, one question I did have, because I am 
coming into this new marketplace, this online marketplace, I can share my story all night long. I can tell people what I do, but that's not going to really attract people to me. I want to be able to relate to people and their struggles. I've experienced them over the last 20 years, but some of them are not fresh to me any longer. How do I grow an audience and make them be the star of the show? So here's what I'm going to say is I'm going to say you do want to tell your story because people need to connect with you. They need to understand where your expertise has come from and they need to know that you are the expert and authority. And the only way they're going to do that is if you're telling your story. Now you're going to tell it humbly, right? You're not going to be like, oh, I experienced this and I'm now the queen of finance or whatever, but you do definitely want to communicate your story to them, but in an authentic way, and then use it as a way to create maybe case studies or different scenarios and how you've learned. And the most important thing is your why, like why has your journey given you the ability now to help someone else? Why does it matter? Why does your journey matter to them? Why should they care what your journey is? So as long as you spin it in a way that is honest, aligned with your values, which what you do is so aligned with your values, and then communicating that in a way that is so authentic and genuine that it just brings them in because there's an emotional connection there. They've seen that you've done it. So they know that you can now teach them how to do it too. So you do definitely want to communicate your story. You don't have to have stories from 20 years ago. It can be broad. It can be, you know, somewhat generalized. You don't want to give them every single detail so that you lose them. But you do want to communicate how your experiences have led you to where you are today and how your experiences have led you to be able to help them be the hero of their journey. So it's really merging two stories into one. So you want to take your story and then combine it with their story so that they can completely understand how you're going to make them the hero of their own journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think it's hard to do in practice. And maybe I think it's a lot of my own growth that I need to do. So that's why I asked the question, like, I don't want it to be the Stacy show. Because I'm humble, so I, I don't really need to like share that all the time. And I want it to be about others and how they are okay in being in a stuck place. And I can help them move forward. But I don't, again, want it to be, here, look at me. I've been the shiny star for so long. And you need to do what I do. I want to be able to experience where they're at and just guide through the mud, basically, like get you out, mm-hmm. out of the mud paddle. So, and that's where like your content pillars can come in. So as you're communicating with your ideal audience and creating content to put out into the world, think about, you know, what are buckets of contents that you could communicate so that maybe one bucket is your story and it is about you. It's, you know, the things you like, the things you do, the things that give you your expertise, the experiences you've had, your why and, you know, how you work, where you work and your family life, all those kind of things. And then another bucket is the mindset piece. Another bucket is the strategy piece. Another bucket is the systems piece. And then, you know, maybe yet another one is articles you've read related to business finance or small business success or entrepreneurship, but create those buckets. I would say anywhere from three to six and then pull from all of those different things. So every single communication you have is not about you per se, 
but you're intertwining your experiences and the knowledge you have to then educate. And just think about using those buckets of content as a way to educate, inspire, and entertain. Because there may be times when, you know, you wrote a check and you didn't have the money in your bank account. So show those things that happened and it was totally accidental. You just forgot to transfer from one account to another or whatever the case may be. But show that human side that, you know, you made mistakes along your journey. And that's how you know how to help someone else, because we've all done stupid things. Right. So as you're communicating, absolutely, 100 percent, you want to tell your story and you want to tell it in an authentic way. But that's how you're going to build that emotional connection with your ideal audience. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Robin. Absolutely. All right, Stacey, how can the listeners find you, learn more about you, your business and connect with you? Best place to start is to follow me on Instagram, the small business BFF. From there, you can go to my website where I have a lot of content that you can download and or connect with me. We can do a little coffee chat. You can express some concerns that you have inside your business or about money. And we can start a conversation about that and see how I can help you. I'm on Clubhouse. I know that's the new thing as small biz BFF and BFF stands for best financial friend. So what I want people to do is just feel that they can be comfortable around me, be vulnerable around me, and I can help them hold their hand, have coffee with them, get them a new vision for their purpose in life around their financial situation and help them through that. That's awesome. Well, connect with me on Clubhouse. (laughs) (laughs) What is your um, website? Just so the listeners know. It's the small business BFF. Okay, great. And I will put all that in the show notes so everybody can easily just click and go straight there. But Stacey, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks, Robin. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, On the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.